Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna wanna write this down. Jessica Dumas Coaching and Training and the Confidence and Communication Podcast is overflowing with appreciation to our first podcast sponsor, The Johnston Group, Inc. The Johnston Group provides employee benefits to more than 30,000 businesses across Canada. Thank you so much for supporting my vision and investing in the podcast. Please accept my extreme gratitude, which will help get the message of self-love, healing, and growth out to a greater audience. Good morning. Good morning. Can you wait? There we go. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I just, the schedule said 1030 PM and I'm like, oh my goodness. On the Zoom? Oh. oh I, was like, I was like, no way. I'll just wait. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> so how are you? I'm really good. I've actually, I feel like I've had, well, I have had half a day already. Yeah. I, the earliest I've ever been to the gym today because I didn't want to miss the gym because I missed all last week. Okay. And I went to a Winnipeg Chamber event this morning. Yes. Man, they're they're early. Hey. Pardon me? Their events are so early. Yeah. Like they don't have a lot that are this early. It's like the Manitoba Chamber. They have 7.30 a.m. That's because yeah. that organization is made for men. It's yes. by men and it's still a man running it. That's why. Oh, it, yeah, it's well, and I live in Niverville too. There's no way that mm -hmm. I could ever like, and I have, and I have kids, like there's no way I'm getting up at 5am to drive all the way downtown. Like it's, there's no way. Yeah. So did you grow up over there? In Niverville? No. I definitely did not. I um I'm from Thompson, actually. I'm from northern Manitoba. Okay. Yeah. So I'm from the north. Um, I just I moved here. It'll be two years. I always say I just moved here, but it'll be two years in July. Okay. Um, I definitely was culture shocked moving here for sure. Um, I love the north, miss the north, like it's I love the diversity, the the culture, the water, the trees, everything. But I moved here um, because I have two children. <clears throat> I was in a really terrible uh, marriage and uh, fighting to be able to leave Thompson so the girls could go to, you know, have better access to education and things like this because we're nine hours away from anything really. So it took about five years and finally uh, my two girls and I are down here. And wow. yeah, and when we moved down here, like I was fighting and fighting and fighting, trying to come down. Of course, the time where he agrees, the housing market blows up. And I'm like, there's no way that I like, A, I don't really want to live in Winnipeg. I had said, pick a city in Canada, whichever city you want. Just, I don't want it to be Thompson. And he said, well, what about Winnipeg so that I can still access the kids, come down sometimes and see them I'm like, okay. So then started looking for houses and then the housing market blew up. I'm like, there's no way that I could afford to live here. So I said, I'm probably going to have to pick a suburb 
So <laughs> I like picked a, a like looked around. I had no idea anything about Southern Manitoba, barely even knew Winnipeg. And uh, yeah, so picked Niverville and <laughs> here we are. Wow. Yeah. Mean, yeah. So it's crazy. Um, yeah. Well, good for you. I'm glad that you found something that's, you know, far enough away from the city that you're, you know, you still have access to the things that you wanted to have access to for your daughter. Yeah. 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 They go to a French immersion school outside of uh, Neverville. So right. it's kind of like, yeah, it's good. Like it still has the small town ish feel like Thompson was obviously a little bit bigger as a city, but yeah, it's, and it's a lot less uh, overwhelming, I would say than being in the city and just easier to manage when it's just me and the girls here. Right. Yeah. So, yeah it's good. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. So yeah. fun to meet you on social media and it's so fun. Like I have friends all over the world now because of the social media. I know. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So um, I'll give you kind of a quick, Bio of myself because okay. we haven't had the opportunity to do yeah. that. I don't know what you know about me so far, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> be on a podcast, you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, Whatever, that's like, okay. I knew it'd be good. Technology, right? It's like, yeah. yeah. I'm born and raised in Winnipeg. I'm originally from Treaty 2 territory, Kisikun and First Nation, which is near Riding Mountain National Park. Nice. And uh, I've never lived there. My grandma grew up there. So I grew up in the North End. Okay. Grew up in, you know, very poor yep. um, environment. <laughs> Lots of um, alcohol abuse, that type of stuff. Yeah. And so before I graduated high school, I had my first son. He's now 25. Okay. So I graduated. I now have three sons. I raised them on my own since my youngest was 16. So for 16 years, I've been a single parent. Oh. And um, after I graduated high school, I worked for Hydro for about 10 years or so, or almost 10 years. And um, but now I've I've been a certified coach since 2013. Wow. Um, since then, <laughs> like you know, for the first several years, it was struggling to figure out what the heck is a life coach. Yeah. Have my own business, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And for the past, I think it was 2019, where I really started focusing in on speaker coaching because yeah. I had a lot of opportunities to speak. I've I've spoken at over 150 events. Okay. And I've introduced Michelle Obama to an audience of 7,500 people. I remember I a university degree, but I've spoken at universities to. Um, Isn't that the best? It is. I, Isn't I, it? I turned down a job at the university and wow. for me like to be an instructor, I don't know what they title it, but for me at first it was like, it was definitely all about my ego. It's like, I'm going to teach at a university and, and then like, you know what? I'm making more money than they can offer me. So no, thank you. I know. Um, so, that so now I speak, I coach and train speakers. I do this full time. And um, I travel across Canada for speaking. And um, I started my podcast in 2021. It's in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide. Wow. And, uh, and I love helping women raise their voices. I love um, entrepreneurship. And one of the goals of my podcast is, is to like really get, get under the surface of what does it take to get there? Because yeah. I've had too many leaders went before me that talked about how great leadership is, but never told you about the ugly parts of it. Or how to get there. Yeah. 
And so I was just like, you have a few Instagram accounts. And I was like, holy smokes, this girl is like here. In the <laughs> but, but I think that's how I first connected was you were creating content. And I was like, ooh, I like this. I like this. And then we just started chatting. So it's a little yeah. bit of a relief. Yeah. So I've been doing this for 16 years. So I've been uh, a business owner since I was 19. I'll be on 37, but, um, I have, I have done everything I've done. I've had a retail store. I've been in real estate. We've been in construction. Um, I've been in the wellness field for a very long time. I had a wellness center in Thompson. So it was the only, uh, yoga teacher training school in Northern Manitoba. It was a hot yoga facility. It was a smoothie bar. Um, I'm a nutritionist as well, a holistic nutritionist. So um, we had a nutrition clinic in there. It was amazing. It was probably some of the best years of my life. So I've been doing this for a really long time, marketing my own stuff for a really long time. The biggest thing was uh, leaving my my marriage because there was so much abuse that I was keeping hush hush for a very long time. Um, cause I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know, I didn't know anything how, like, like what to do. So basically when I would teach my yoga students, whatever the message I knew that I needed to hear, I would teach that to them. And then that's how I became such a great yoga teacher is because I would speak these life lessons that I knew I needed to hear, even though I didn't, if I were to say that out loud, I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, this is what I'm going to yoga for is to tell people what I need to hear. Just on, on a subconscious level, I was healing myself by healing other people. So the yoga studio became like a healing shala, I would say, um, for, for me. And just being in Thompson, there's so much trauma, uh, so much of just hardships that you see everywhere from all walks of life. And it was just, it just became this big healing healing center, this healing piece in my life that, um, there was a, a traumatic event between my ex-husband and I, that I called the police, got up, walked away. And that was six years ago and, um, been fighting the, as you said, patriarchal, unjust, horrible justice system that we have here in Manitoba. Um, trying to prove that, you know, all of these things happened and um, fighting the system and trying to get my kids uh, into higher, safer grounds. And um, we lived in Alberta for a bit and uh, ended up, you know, finally here in Southern Manitoba. So there was kind of a little bit of a hiatus there where I was just in survival mode for a very long time. When COVID hit, I had decided to close down the business, just focus on healing, um, I wanted to travel, of course, 2020, uh, couldn't, couldn't travel because I was, I felt stuck. Like I felt we had 50, 50 custody. Nobody believed me that he, um, was abusive. Nobody believed me that he abused the kids, you know, no one believed them. And it was just, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And, uh, yeah, so COVID hit and I thought, okay, well, what can I do? Like I have no purposeful, meaningful work right now. And so I decided to offer teaching yoga on Zoom for free during COVID just to help with mental health. I did that just in Manitoba and then it went Canada wide. So I had people from all over that were attending these yoga classes. And that kind of sparked me back up to get back to where I was because I truly was just in survival mode, had not a single ounce of energy to put into anything creative or anything like that. 
So I uh, got back into that. And then now that I'm here, I mean, there's a lot of trauma, a lot of healing that happened from there to here. But now that I'm here in Winnipeg, I kind of leave, I kind of feel like, okay, now I have my energy back. I was offered a position as the executive director with the Niverville Chamber of Commerce. Uh, so I did that for uh, about a year. Um, I don't do that anymore. I just do their marketing. And so from that position, um, I grew the chamber by 30% just by social media. So I, I love promoting people. I love promoting businesses. I, I've been doing that my whole life. I grew up with social media. So I kind of like, I knew how to work social media before the algorithm came. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what grew all of my businesses. And uh, so from being the executive director for the Chamber of Commerce, became this other business, this branding business that I have, this social media management company, content creation company, just by working for the chamber because all of these businesses started hiring me, wanting me to run their social media, wanting me to do their content creation. Mm -hmm. So I'm running both businesses right now. I would say probably equal. I, I do a lot more um, content creation, but then I manage my own stuff as well. And then I see clients um, on the wellness side of things. Um, to, for holistic health treatments and counseling and, and all of that kind of stuff. Amazing. Yeah. I love mm. it. So how many is it two business accounts like for your own that you offer? Yeah, that's it. I just have the Beyond Brand Media and then Kylie Adele Wellness. I feel like there's three. Is there not three different pages? Oh, yeah. And then my own personal account. Right. Okay. So that would be the other yeah. this morning. I'm like, oh, there's another account. It's crazy. It's sick. It's a sickness. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and I did that. I ran everything out of my personal Instagram for such a long time. And everybody said, no, like your brand is your identity. Like mm -hmm. just keep it like that. So I did that my whole life, but it was just, it was becoming too, too much. So in January is when I decided to, to separate everything. Mm, okay. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So then uh, February, yeah, so I created the account in January for the wellness and then dedicated um, the entire month of February to just posting content. So I was posting like four or five reels a day. Wow. Yeah, there's lots so, of work. So how have you found that? Like, how have you found the ROI for that? What is that like? For, for creating content? For creating content and posting as much as you do. So for the first 30 days that you're creating an account, you have to go hard. So that's for all businesses that I, I manage their account, I'll go really heavy on that, like four or five reels a day, just to kind of get into the algorithm because it is like the Instagram world right now is so saturated. Like you want to create a new account in 2023, you better like be ready to work <laughs> because you will just fall through the cracks. Like it is such high strategy right now. Whereas before there was literally no strategy, absolutely none. So you could create a business, have a Facebook group for it, and then boom, you're done. You don't even need a website. Remember those days, you didn't even need a website. So now if you're trying to start off, um, get yourself off of the ground, you do kind of have to saturate your own content for a little while. And you, and you have to separate all emotion from what you're doing, which is really hard as a heart-centered entrepreneur, right? Because you kind of throw your content, oh, no, if there's no saves and no shares, I'll archive it. Even though I'm like, damn, that was really good. Or I'll save it and then I'll repurpose it maybe with a different audio, but they have to be short, they have to be quick, and it has to still be authentic to your voice and what you're saying. And but yeah, that's kind of what I do. If if there's no shares or uh, saves, especially if there's no saves, then I'll probably archive it. 
and then be like, okay, well, try again next time. And then we'll post something else. So after about 30 days, you kind of see like where, who you're attracting. And even then, like, I know this is really, I don't know, uh, super feminist to say, but if, if a random man will just follow me and I'll just do a quick look and he doesn't look like he aligns with anything that I do, because it literally says in my bio that I help women, I will, I will remove him as a follower. Like, what is your purpose? Like that is, and then I'll re-strategize. I'm like, why am I attracting men to my content? That's not my ideal target market. So I'll always just for the first, for the first month, I'll focus on content. And then now in the second and third month, I'm just re-strategizing, seeing who I'm attracting because I do a lot of things in the wellness field. Some people really like talking about supplements. Some people really like talking about somatic psychotherapy. And those are two totally different things. So I will still be authentic to what I do and what, how I help people. But if people are really wanting techniques on how to uh, deal with anxiety, then I'm probably going to post a little bit more on that and just let the audience decide what they want to, what they want to see. So it's just, it's a lot of strategy. It's a lot of work and uh, yeah, you just kind of have to keep recalibrating all the time. So that's super cool. And the first thing that you brought up was how you started like you separated your business account from your personal account. And so now personally you're managing three of your own accounts. And so I find that really interesting because I do some social media coaching. It's not my favorite thing, but I know that I can. Yes. Yeah. Speaker coaching is my, is my favorite thing. Um, But I'll have a lot of even my speaking clients and other people that I've coached and they're asking me like, should I just use my own account? Should I start a new account? And there's lots of things to consider. So what was it that made you decide to have three separate accounts and what are, what are the benefits for you? And what are the, what are the cons? What are the things that are like, shit, why did I do this? (laughs) So I think it's now that I've opened up my social media company and just been going hard on like marketing courses and just understanding what marketing is, it's a personal choice that you have to make. Like if you are your brand, like if you are your brand and you, you are okay with having everybody know the behind the scenes of your life and your family and all of that, I say definitely keep it as one account and, and be okay with that. And there's lots of people that do that. And it's amazing for me going through the divorce and trauma and all of that. I am such an advocate for not sharing your children on social media. And I know a lot of people would disagree with me on that, but I have just been in a position where you know, people will, I've had people try to mark my location or look at my location based off of where I am or what I'm posting with the kids. And it just is too uncomfortable for me. I know that even, um, I have a gen alpha kid and a gen Z kid. And so, uh, gen Z has been raised on social media without their, um, it's just normal for them. They, they weren't asked, you know, whereas millennials, can you imagine if we posted our high school days or if that was all reported somewhere? Like, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I look at it that way. And my kids, my kids will tell me, they're like, mom, stop. Because they've, their whole lives, they we've had some kind of marketing promotion, whether that's with the yoga studio, the wellness center, what I'm doing now, they're over it. They don't want their pictures like plastered all over the place. And I know that the behind the scenes real life person is incredibly important to marketing. I'm very extroverted, but I'm private in my personal life and my relationships that I have. Um, And so I just, I really am very picky and choosy with what I post on my personal page. 
and I like it private. I want it just to be private on my personal account. And on a personal account that's private, you can't track analytics. So I know that there's two different parts of my business because I run two different parts of my business. I can really refine marketing on the wellness side and I can really refine social media on the, the beyond brand side. So on the beyond brand side, I was posting a lot of how to's and this is how you do social media. And it was very like yawn, blah, blah. No one really cared where that wasn't really what I was focusing on anyways. What I really like doing is promoting businesses. So I like promoting, I like working with like the tourism accounts and just going to a business and, and saying like, you know, if I'm going to have a, a meal or something like that, I will do a whole feature on that business and that's value to them. So they're probably going to share it. And then they're, you know, we're going to have all these types of collaborations. I would rather show businesses that I can create amazing reels for them because I can see, I can look at a business and be like, this is why you sparkle where a lot of businesses are like, I don't know why you sparkle. I either it's lucky or I know I have sparkle, but no one else sees it. And I'm kind of that missing link. So I kind of, it was the same thing with beyond brand media. I threw a bunch of yawn content at the wall thinking that's what people wanted and they didn't really want that. I really like to focus on content creation. My business name beyond brand media means I like to go beyond the brand. You know, I like to find that sparkle and then I like to create content to show people like, Hey, look how cool this business is. And it's right under your nose and you don't know what it is. That's how I grew the chamber of commerce because it's like the chamber of commerce who joins that no one like you need, you know, we, we tried to make it fun and exciting and, and we do have a really cool chamber of commerce here and um, because of all the marketing stuff that we've done. So I just apply that now to all my businesses and I would say, yeah, like it, it would be a personal choice when you said pros and cons. The con for me to maybe not have my business stuff attached to my personal that I will post something on my personal and I'll get engagement right away because I have over 10,000 followers. I have already established it. I've had it since the dawn of Instagram. Instagram already recognizes my personal algorithm within or that's attached to my account where my other accounts, they're not established. So just like, unfortunately, when you go to the bank, Instagram will score you based off of your, your engagement and all of these things and your followers and, and stuff like that. So I know that there is more work involved to create a new account, but I know that I'll have more refined analytics. Whereas I don't know, I don't even know who's following me anymore on my, my personal account. And that doesn't really sit well with, I've gone through all the highs and lows of Instagram. I'm not about followers anymore because I, I've seen that it just doesn't matter, you know? Um, and the people that you could have. So rapidly. It is. Sorry to interrupt. No, you could have one. Like I just had a, a person message me today, no followers, no profile picture, just a sweet person that just wrote this big, long essay about this reel that I posted that changed his life, his life. You know, and it was just like, okay. And I, like, I don't know who you are. That is so much more to me knowing that I'm helping someone than, uh, you know, getting 2000 followers a day or something like that. Yeah. Because I've been, I've been on both sides, right? Yeah, no, I, and I totally agree with you. And, and like I was saying earlier, like Instagram over the past, well, a couple of years, there's been constant changes and upgrades yeah. and blah, 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 all these things to help the creator. Um, but it's just gotten worse and worse. And there's been times where I'm just like, do I want to just leave this shit? <laughs> oh, oh, I know. It's really um, draining. Yeah. But, yeah. but I also, I choose to 
like I re really believe in creating my reality and I really believe that if I'm not concerned about the algorithm, the followers, all of that yeah. sort of thing, that like I'm, my message is going to reach who it needs to reach. Yes. The universe always does what it needs to do. Right. Yeah. And, um, but it's really interesting, like just listening to you talk about the differences within the accounts. Um, so I've had my account, same thing since the beginning of Instagram. Yeah. And started off as a personal account, turned it into a business account. But it might be kind of nice to have my own just like private personal account. With it's just so account. nice. Like, ooh, it I is. thought about that. Yes, because then you can, like, I, uh, yeah, I, it's the, it's the kids things. Like, I don't, like, I tagged my daughter in her birthday post the other day. Yeah. And I posted that on my personal account and it was very uncomfortable. I, and, and I see other parents doing it all of the time. I'll definitely do that on Facebook where I can see who my followers or my friends are. Um, and I had a conversation with her about it. She's like, yeah, like if you want mom, you can post a baby picture. So I did that and I tagged her. But even though I tagged her, I was just like, I just tagged my daughter. I don't know who's following me. And like, it just, it doesn't sit well with me that I have like a 14 year old that I tagged on my post and I could have all these random men that I don't know could be clicking on her post and like, it's just, it, the world is crazy right now. Right. Yeah. So maybe it's a little bit helicopter, but I'm just so private with my kids on Instagram. But if you had like just a personal account, you knew who everybody was like, I see all the time people are posting stories with the green filter, like the close friends. Do you see that? Yeah. And it's like, why are you doing that? You either like you either be okay with everyone that's following you or have have a safer space for yourself, right? That you can actually say everything that you want to say and feel comfortable with it. Yeah. So that's what I did. Also, I know that not a lot of like, I'm very women specific on my wellness side of things, but I have a lot of men that I like that are on my personal account. They don't want to see me talking about periods 24 seven, because that's what they're going to get all the time, you know, and they're going to skew with my engagement because they're not my target market anyways. That's why I created a second account. And then just the visuals are pink and things that I like. And, and then on my personal is very dark and black. And then on my beyond brand is like very dark and dark pink. It's like, it's weird. It's like all of my different facets of my brain Interesting. Up all over Instagram. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's so this morning I was at a Winnipeg chamber event. They called it, uh, well, leadership Winnipeg, which is a yep. program of the Winnipeg chamber. And they had um, like an alumni event. They have one or two a year and I've been through the program. So I get the emails that I would go this morning. And uh, there was a panel of four, the three or four people up there. And they had, a, they were having a conversation about leadership in the future. Yeah. And honestly, it was kind of boring. Like for a talk that early, I was just like, uh, I kind of want to sleep in right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It should be exciting and motivating. <laughs> With that being said, I was thinking, you know what, like there's, I know that these type of conversations, like we can have these online, but do you ever yeah. feel like you're living in like two worlds? Like I'll go to the Winnipeg Chamber events yes. and you're in person with people having people conversations about just worldly things. But then I know I have this whole life online, these connections with coaches and people you know, all around North America. And we talk about the online space and taking up space and there's unlimited space. And it's, it's just so interesting. It's safer. We, and that we don't have those conversations. It's, it's almost like, where do they collide? 
I don't know. It's it's so, yeah. And I think this right here is the collision is us to people who are met online, creating yep. content, doing that sort of thing, spreading messages, yep. and connecting over a podcast one on one. It's like, crazy, it's, isn't it? It my mind. It's bizarre. It is. Well, even, yeah, like I think, I think that the world that you're, so A, it's a chamber event. So, you know, that type of world is very, I would say, restricted re and just a little bit more hush hush. Everyone's always like, what do I say? Am I going to offend someone if, or whatever? It's very political and just like corporate. That's the word I'm looking for. Where online, it's like, yay, this is my space. Like I can talk about yoga and breathing and you know being happy where it's like it's like in outside of that in this patriarchal world it's like oh why are you talking about your emotions that's not relevant that's not this i'm like you know what you so in in that world you got to learn to play the game for sure yeah. and in this world it's like i'm free to be me yeah and it's and it's sick that they can't be the same you know i think gen alpha is definitely running with it. I think they're the ones that are going to change it. For my daughter, for instance, just to give you a quick story, I have their little period packs in their bags. So if they get their period at school, like my older one already has the younger one. I, I just said like, you know, if you get it at school, here you go. And she looked at me and she's like, why would I need a period pack? And I was like, why wouldn't you? What happens if you have a, your period at school? And she said, well, the teacher has pads right at the front of the desk, mom. And I was like, okay. And I said, you would just go and grab one. She's like, yeah, everybody does. And I was like, pardon? And she looked at me, she's like, oh my God, mom, you're making this such a big deal. Like you're the only one that like cares about this. And I was like, I am so happy, <laughs> right? I am so happy that she thinks that's insane that I would be like, why, like you have to hide your period stuff in your bag. And, and also another example, there was a girl that got her period in gym all the boys saw like, and it bled, she bled through. She didn't care. She waited till the end of class and went and got changed. Boys never cared. Girls never cared. No one said anything like, thank you. That is the type of world that they yeah. need to grow up in. Oh, I love that. Like last week I was at the Lieutenant governor's house for national women's day yes. breakfast. Mm -hmm. And so there was lots of different generations of women sitting around the table that I was at and one of them was talking about how in her day, like feminism was this and, you know, we had to do this and it was just, you know, sort of talking it through the energy of what feminism was. Yeah. And around the table, someone else shared that today, like I would never use that word feminism. Yeah. And someone was asking her, well, what does that mean to you for like a, a younger generation? She was, you know, the youngest person at the table. And she said that feminism really means like, it's just about equality. And I don't think that people realize like all of that work that those women did years before us, like how much that moved the needle. So the fact that a word like feminism isn't so offensive anymore, it's just part of what we do. Exactly. Having our periods is just something that we do. It's just something do? that we do. do? And you know, I totally agree because there is a lot of like turned up noses, I guess, with, with that word feminism. And it's just like all these feminists ever wanted to do was just be equal. They weren't trying to stick out. They weren't saying like, Hey, look at me. Like I want different, this different, that it was never about that. And it's just so much miseducation around all that because I see even women that are anti-feminist. 
Yeah. And they're just, or even people are like, oh, Kylie, you're a feminist. Why? Why would I not be? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I want, yeah, like I, I, yeah, I could go on forever on on that, but it breaks my heart when people don't understand what that, what that means or what that is or what these women have done because they, they, some people have died for these types of, uh, like equal rights that we're still trying to fight. Right. And to throw that under the rug and to not put any merit on it is just, it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's really interesting, like learning about the experience that you have. So you teach yoga, you have this beyond brand media company. I'm curious, like, what are some of the the messages that you live for? You know, like you talk about coming out of a, a separation, healing, you were in survival mode. Like, what are some of the beliefs that you hold just as a mother, an entrepreneur, as a woman in this generation? that are so important to you that you, you stand up? Oh, I love that question. So the beyond brand media, I, I would say like everything, everything I do is heart centered for sure. But, um, I really just like, like I said before, I can see a business if they're struggling and they're just like, and I can see, I can see they're a good person. They're a, they have a good product. They have a good service and they just don't have a clue on how to promote themselves. I love that. What I can do to help them is to, I can translate their message. I'm kind of like the Google translator. So they're telling me this is what I, this is what I do, or I can usually see it. And then they don't know how to articulate the right words on how to get to their audience. So that's where I come in and create this content and try to translate that message to their target audience to be like, Hey, look at this amazing business. I won't work for like big franchises or anything like that. I work for businesses that have like their heart centered, I would say. When it comes to the wellness side of things, I created that business because of everything that I've gone through. So the resilience and like empowering women, and especially now that I'm raising, raising daughters, just to show people that you can go through all of these things. You can go through all of this trauma and not live in victim mentality your whole life, but actually come out of it. And it's helped me to realize, you know, that there is injustices in all of our systems and that there are different groups of people that are treated differently that I didn't think of because I was blinded by privilege, probably for sure. Even though I was raised in a, in a home that I didn't have a dad. I also grew up in a um, very poor area of Thompson, which is like Thompson's the murder capital of Canada. And I grew in like, I grew up in the, the rough side of town, but I'm still a white girl. So I still have that privilege on top of me that protects me from, so many things and i married a rich white man so i mean hello like so when you take away the the rich white man and when you talk and you say hey i've been abused hey i've been this what do you think the world's gonna do they don't care they don't care about little girls crying abuse they don't care they will protect people that are like them so that realization has definitely helped me relate to um, marginalized groups of people, immigrants, indigenous people, people that just were born with not, none of this privilege. So right away, they have to, they have a harder life that they have to live that trying to explain that to a white person of privilege, you'll never get through to them. Never, ever, ever, unless there has been some kind of trauma in their life that they can relate to. Mm -hmm. So I, what I really like to do is focus on 
helping those people that are marginalized and they're they're just like i don't know what to do i'm just trying to be myself and i can't because of this because this is what happened to me or because this is how i look or because this is where i'm from um and then on the other side of things being a white person i know that we have so much trauma that adds to all this garbage in in society that i really try to focus on finding some relatability with them and then pulling that trauma out and helping them heal on their own. It's all about just recognizing people for who they are and just being a good person. Like I, I, I really follow the eight limbs of yoga, which is, you could say similar to Buddhism and all of these other types of things where, you know, you do unto others that you would, you know, want done to you. Like just be a good person, have strong morals, have strong values, treat people well. I really believe in karma. And if you put out something good, you'll be taken care of some way by the universe, by God, whatever you want to call it. Someone will take care of you. That's what I think anyways. Nice. So I don't know if I completely derailed there, but. That's okay. Yeah, no. Um, one of the questions I want to go back to, because this is something that I have done myself and a lot of my clients conversations about this all the time yep. is about marketing yourself. And so one of the things that you said was I've been marketing myself for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> so, like what, what would you say about that? What do you say to your clients? Or if someone says to you something like, I don't like marketing myself, I know I need to, I don't, I don't like it. What should I do? Like what comes up for you? Well, there's a, there's a book that I, I have that I would highly recommend guys reading. It would, it's called Ripples from the Zam, Zambezi by Ernest, Ernesto Soroli. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's amazing. I haven't, repeat the name. I'm going to. Ernesto Ciroli. So he was a speaker that came to a Chamber of Commerce event in Thompson about 10 years ago, maybe more. He taught me something that I've never heard before. And because I've been in business for my whole adult life, he said he would go to these communities all over the world and he would look for. And so what the purpose was there is to try to build the economy. So trying to find the skills and then and go from there. So if there's someone that's really good at say fashion design or whatever, there, there's a service that they can do. So they're going to be the product. They're going to be the operation. Now you got to find the accountant. Now you got to find the marketing person. So in every type of organization, business, whatever it might be, there has to be three different facets. So if you enjoy the marketing, then you have to find someone else to do the product or the service or the operation and then find someone else to be the accountant. So I think a lot of a lot of the times people will go into the business world and they'll say, you know, I am the product. So like, help me. How do I market myself? Then you need to find a social media manager or a content creator the same way that you need to find a bookkeeper or an accountant. And I'll have accountants that are like, I'm an accountant and I need to promote my business. What do I do? Well, if you're the accountant, then you also need to now find the person that's going to be the inside of your business. that's actually doing all of the work and the marketing person. So that's what happened with me. I was like a lot of us struggled because I was doing all three, just like everybody does, because you need money to hire people for one, you know? So I think that if you don't have the money at first, if you can still just get into the habit, because like you said, I also believe in like the law of attraction, things will just come to me. If you can just write this or draw out this pyramid structure and know that, okay, here's accounting, here's marketing, here's product. Where do I fit in? 
So if you fit into the product, then just know down the line, you have to delegate those, those two things, but maybe lean on collaborations. So if you're trying to market yourself, post the behind the scenes stuff, post the B, uh, B roll, B roll is huge right now. So B roll is all behind the scenes stuff where you're not directly talking at the camera. It's really lazy marketing, but it works and focusing on collaboration. So if there's people that are like-minded like you that have a little bit more engagement than you contact them and say, Hey, like I'm, and be vulnerable. Like I'm starting out. I ha I know nothing about marketing. Do you think that we could do a reel together or that I could like, I don't know, I could do your workshop. You could do my workshop. And then we both talk about three or four things that we learned from each other, do a live together and then post it and reshare. Can we do that? And then plan like one of those a month and then go from there. And then once you get your income built up, definitely just hire a social media manager. Social media management, I would say, is very toxic. You're on your phone 24-7. You're managing customer experience. You're managing analytics. You're managing content creation. It'll burn you out so fast if you are doing all of the things at once. Here I am, like, you know, doing this. But uh, I have a marketing company. So I would eventually just like someone, if I can find someone like me to take over the social media, I would love that. But I would say that the businesses that are super successful, I can see uh, are the ones that delegate really quick, even if they have to uh, take, um, use money up front for this kind of stuff, do that. Just like an accountant, you're not going to run your own books. I mean, if you did, if, if you wanted to in the beginning, that's great. But um, eventually when you're starting to make money, you can't know all the tax laws. You can't know all the tax codes that's going to help you with saving money and, and getting income tax breaks. The same way a marketing person, you're not going to know the same thing as a marketing person on what works, what doesn't, Google ads, all of, the, all of this kind of weird stuff. The same way those two are not going to know how you run your business, right? So yeah, I would, uh, he's got this, this Ernesto Ceroli, he's got a little YouTube, uh, link if you Google his name and he draws it on a whiteboard explaining that, uh, pyramid system. Cool. Okay, three work. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you're trying to market yourself, lean on collaborations for sure. And just do like the little trick there that I said, just post your content. If it doesn't work, if there's no shares or saves, archive it and then just do it again and do it again and completely separate your emotion. Don't look at it as like, oh, people don't like me. They don't like my content or my content must be dry. Or if it is dry, okay, well, you'll, you're just going to go get better. You'll, you'll get better. Right. Um, but I find a lot of people give up right away because they'll post a business or they'll post their stuff. They don't get any likes or follows or shares or nothing, not even from their friends. And then they're like, oh, I guess I'm, I guess what I do is crap. But then when you know that person on a personal level, it's like you have so much value to offer. You are very educated, skilled, experienced. You have, you know, you just don't know how to brand yourself, right? Yeah. So, so why, why would you archive stuff? Like I, I barely ever archive anything. I, I believe in creating bingeable content. That's how I've got a lot of clients. I yeah. If people message me and they'll say like, I've watched all your stuff. I've listened to all your podcasts. I'm ready to work with you. Oh, perfect. Yeah. No, I just mean like, um, if there's no, if there's no engagement, like, I mean like super low engagement, no saves, no shares, not, not really any comments. Um, cause I'll post stuff that, cause I, like I said, I do a lot of things in the wellness space. If I'm posting uh, a few different things to try it out, 
and there's no likes or comments or anything like that, I'm like, oh, okay, they probably don't really want to see enough of, or a lot of this, or I'll try it again. So I'll try like three or four times if they're really not into that. I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll look back to see at the analytics at the analytics to see the stuff that they like, or maybe it's just the style or what I'll do is I'll take that content, but I'll repurpose it into a more digestible video, I guess. It would be shorter. The message is there. There's a hook on the top where it's like five tips to do this, where they're not like searching through content, right? I never delete posts. It would just be to archive because when you archive, the engagement still stays in the algorithm. When you delete it, it's gone forever and it hurts your engagement. But if you don't, like if, if you're not focused on strategy and you're just like, this is who I am, like take it or leave it, I don't care. Yeah, leave it all on there. But if you're trying to like refine your marketing strategy, then just like, it's kind of just like a Jenga where, okay, that didn't work. So we'll post this, that didn't work. And then who knows, like once you get more engagement or you might have a post like three weeks down the line where it was specific to that content that you posted, then you can unarchive it and see how well it performs when people are now searching you and, and binging your stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's always just constant recalibrating. For sure. Yeah. Very cool. No, it's been really fun chatting with you and, you know, just kind of following you and your accounts on social media and seeing all of the messages that you share. I like that when you started doing yoga, you said that you were teaching on messages that you needed to hear. That's yeah. often something in my coaching and in my content also that I'm like, okay, what's the message that I need to hear today? And and sometimes that's, those are the ones that get the best engagement. It's like, yeah, I'm not the only one. Exactly. Well, yeah. And, and in this type of field, just really understanding that you'll never be the only one. Right. And with the formation of TikTok, we now know that we've never had an original thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And it's so comforting because it's like, wow, there's a million other people that also deal with this. But like you said, because we live in two worlds, this world over here is very hush hush. They don't talk about all of these experiences that we actually all do share because of generational trauma or corporate stigma or all of this all of this stuff so unfortunately it takes people like us on in this space to kind of lay the groundwork we take the brunt of it we are in those like really hard conversations difficult conversations that we have to have because we're laying the groundwork like no this is actually okay this is normal this is relatable it's you that is struggling with it or offense uh, taking offense to it we're doing the hard work for sure. Yeah. So cool. So mm. what are the accounts that people should follow you on? Uh, Beyond Brand Media Co. So that's my social media and content creation company. And then uh, KylieAdeleWellness.co. That's my wellness company. Amazing. Thanks for taking the time to meet me today and to share yeah. your story. And I wish you success. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was awesome meeting you. Thanks so much for being here and listening to the podcast. Miigwech, ekosay, merci. I want to take every opportunity that I can to tell you that you are worthy. And if something in this message resonated with you, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And send a link to your sister, your best friends, and your cousins. Because if there was something in this message that resonated, then they might want to hear about it too. If maybe taking a screenshot is your thing, share it on your Instagram story. And don't forget to take me at jesskadumas.ca.